This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zifford, only on 101.9 High FM. The U.S. presidential elections have been hard fought and much closer than the polls suggested. For the past nine weeks, Wayne Sussman has been my guest exploring the electoral system and the campaign run by candidates. Today is is the last of the series, and I'm going to miss you, Wayne. And we talk about what is happening and what it actually means. Wayne, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Sharice, it's great to be back and this has been a very pleasant nine weeks. It's been nail-biting. Did you expect this? The polls obviously got it wrong, um, but it has been an absolute nail-biter. So if you're a Republican supporter, um there's actually a lot to be optimistic about because you, your party held on to a lot of Senate races, which the opinion polls said were lost. Uh, you held on to a lot of House races, um, and you won a l- whole lot of down-ballot races. But uh, as things stand right now, we just need resolution on the presidential race, the biggest race of them all. And right now, this does point to a Joe Biden victory with some key states still telling their votes uh, on Friday uh, late morning, early afternoon. Legal challenges have become the order of the day. What do you think is going to happen with that? I think that Biden has to continue to build up the moral victories. And by this, I mean the fact that his popular vote margin is going to be greater than Hillary Clinton's. It's going to be definitely in excess of five, six, maybe even up to seven million votes. I think that... Um, other moral victories for Biden are that he's won Wisconsin, which was very narrow, but still by a wider margin than what Trump beat Hillary Clinton by. He's won the state of Michigan by a considerably wider margin than Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. And there is, um, it's, it's a bit unclear what's happening in Pennsylvania, but there's also a strong chance there that Biden wins Pennsylvania by a wider margin than what Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump by. And then the other thing is to build up that electoral college, um, those electoral college numbers. So a state like Georgia, which is very close to being finished, does seem like Biden does have a path there to win that state. Does he hold on in Nevada and Arizona? So what I'm saying is, uh, to answer the question about the legal challenges is, once it becomes clear to Republicans that Biden has won this election freely and fairly, that there are very few tangible real cases of voter fraud or voter suppression coming through, I think the Republican Party will say, for the good of the country, for the good of our beautiful party, please accept the results and move on. Now, I'm not saying that Trump's going to do that, but I do think that some of his core allies and supporters will have a quiet word because they hold him in high regard, and some others in the Republican Party will come on record and say, look, accept these results, stop the legal challenge, it's not in the interest of the country. A lot of people have been talking about the Senate and the divide over there. Can you just talk a little bit about that? So right now it looks uh, pretty good for the Republican Party. For instance, I'll give an example. In the state of Maine, which by and large voted for Joe Biden, the longtime Republican senator there, uh, Susan Collins, held on. So that is an example of the Republicans overperforming. It looks like in the state of North Carolina, where the overwhelming amount of opinion polls showed uh, 
the incumbent Tom Tillis from the Republican Party losing. It does seem like he's going to hold on there. But Sharice, the state of Georgia, uh, has a weird quirk that you have to win with over 50%. So right now, the one of those Georgia races is definitely going to a January runoff. Uh, and it does look more and more likely that the Republican incumbent in the other Georgia Senate seat, uh, David Perdue, is going to just miss uh, winning by 50%. So um, that means that that will also go to January runoff. So if you're a someone in Georgia right now, the election drama is only going to get heightened, particularly if we have a situation where the Republicans have 50 seats and the Democrats 48. The Democrats will need to pick up those two seats, and then what happens in that case if uh, Biden does ultimately prevail Kamala Harris, the new vice president-elect, would have casting votes. So that's also exciting. But the Democrats underperformed um, They've uh, on most of these races, and they will have a lot of cause for concern going forward. I mean, there were talks of a blowout. There were talks of a clean sweep, but they've fallen well short of that. And again, their credit must be given to Donald Trump, who ran a brilliant campaign, who got rural voters out in record numbers, uh, who was clearly able to appeal to Latino voters who have historically uh, in the last few elections been much more inclined to vote Democratic. And so he's run a brilliant campaign, but it doesn't look like it was good enough to prevent him from in most likelihood leaving the White House. Wayne, what are the implications of a Senate that is divided um, between uh, Democrats and Republicans in terms of legislation? Let's assume one of – I think this is difficult for Joe Biden, the fact that he will control the House, it seems. They're still counting some votes in California and other close races. But the fact that it seems like uh, it's going to be very difficult for the Democrats, if they win the White House, Sharice, for them to then also win two Senate races because you'd expect the Republicans to be more energized – um, and it'll be harder for the Democrats to get their vote out um, when we go to this January runoff. So I would say right now that it's more likely that the Republicans keep control of the Senate. And Mitch McConnell will do everything he can. He's a, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate uh, to blunt Biden's agenda, uh, to try and make things difficult, obviously, where there needs to be cooperation, there'll hopefully be cooperation. But I think the Republicans will have their eyes on the midterm elections in 2022 and their sincere belief that they'll find a great candidate for 2024. And by obstructing Biden's agenda, by making things difficult, they'll be in a prime position to win back the White House in 2024 with this new coalition, which includes more Latino voters and including some young African-American male voters. When the whole world has been watching the outcome with, of these elections, because it is so important. And I just wonder, to what extent, what are the implications of Joe Biden president for the world? I think uh, Twitter will see less activity. Uh, no, on a serious note, I do think when it comes to the European Union, some of the bro- bigger traditional allies, the United States of America, there'll be an improvement in those relationships. Um, I think that Biden is someone who will seek a more um, an agenda of 
cooperation with major Western powers and, of course, some of the emerging Asian powers, some of the large Asian powers. And I do think that there will be more stability and calmness in the world. I mean, look, let's not forget, of course, Trump went head-to-head with many European powers, and, of course, for the Chinese, he went head-to-head. But, I mean, he did bring peace um, in with Israel and some of its Arab neighbors. So... Uh, there's a there's somewhat of an, a juxtaposition there of what his record on international relations were. America didn't have a major military offensive or war in the last few years while Trump's been in power. But still having said that, I think when it comes to Europe, when it comes to China, I think there's definitely going to be more calmness and stability in that relationship. And let's focus then again on Israel. Um, what do you think will happen then? I think that Biden's not going to undo what Trump did. Um, I think that obviously for Netanyahu, it's slightly more difficult. He had a very close and successful uh, relationship with Donald Trump. Um, but I think that Biden, again, is not going to rock the boat. Neither is Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, I mean, look, obviously, let me always say this is a caveat. The votes still have to be counted and he still has to be announced as the next president. But it does look that way. I just want to remind listeners that Kamala Harris is married to uh, Douglas Emhoff, a Jewish man. She uh, uses Yiddish words and phrases. So I do think that this is going to be uh, – there will be a stable relationship between America and Israel going forward. And South Africa? I see that there being a stable relationship. Um, I think that Biden, as we know, there was this famous <clears> – <throat> Congressional hearing of him when he spoke out against apartheid South Africa. I think he'll particularly have a much better standing um, with the new uh, with the ANC administration here, with the with the government over here, because of his record of fighting against apartheid. Um, but I also want to say that there are lots of Biden supporters who really believed um, that he'd be able to implement a very ambitious agenda. I think that's going to be challenging now, as I said, with the reduced majority in the House, with uh, them not controlling the Senate. So I think that Biden will be focused on the coronavirus. I think he'll be focused on uh, the economy and on creating jobs. And I think that foreign policy um, will not be front and center of his administration, certainly in the first two years. They talk also about a very divided America. And I just wonder, irrespective of who comes forward, how they heal the nation. Well, I think this is one of the reasons where Joe Biden would have a better chance of achieving that than Donald Trump. But let me again give Donald Trump some credit. He became the flag bearer, the mouthpiece of so many rural voters in America who, who felt left behind. So many American voters in depressed industri- manufacturing and industrialized areas who felt that they weren't being listened to. But I think Joe Biden, again, I think he'll have a limited agenda. One of those things he'll need to focus on is unifying the nation from north to south, from the coastal areas to the inland areas and uh, from the red states to the blue states, I think he's going to have to work very, very hard to reach out and find some commonality, some understanding that the different sections of America, which is, a, I mean, obviously a country of hundreds of millions of people, many have different aspirations, 
different uh, agendas, different visions, different things they hold dear, and he will need to try find some commonality um, and try unify the nation. It's, it's going to be a very, very difficult task, um, but it's definitely needed. Um, I mean, particularly if there's not a smooth transition of power here. It's been absolutely fascinating. I've enjoyed the last 10 weeks so much. It, it's helped me understand the election process ever so much more. And it's also because of that, I've become a lot more vested in the elections. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time over the last 10 weeks. It's uh, right from the October surprises that came a little bit early or late or whatever. It's been a fascinating insight into American elections. And I just want to say thank you so much for your insight and analysis and your objectivity in presenting uh, what is actually quite a complicated system. Thank you, Sharice. It's been a great pleasure. And what I'm excited about is how so many people, whether they normally like sports like myself or series, have been totally gripped and glued to their television or to their computers or to their radios just totally consumed by this. Uh, and I, I think that's great that people take such an interest um, in democratic processes, in elections, because they are critical, not just, of course, for the American people, but because so many people are interested here for us in South Africa as well. So it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. That was Wayne Sussman, who for the past 10 weeks has been giving us insight into the American elections.